Hi, Nancy Carmichael here, and I am your humble host and unabashed chief misfit of this little podcast we like to call the Isle of Misfits. And I'm so glad that you're here today because we have a very special guest. His name is Brent Gambrell, and he's here to talk to us about a subject very near and dear to my heart. It's the subject of me. In fact, he wrote a whole book, and really, it's not about me. It's about you. Well, maybe not you, but maybe you over there. It's the subject of how do we get over ourselves? Stay tuned. Welcome to the Isle of Misfits. And however you got here, whether you booked a ticket or just floated in on some driftwood, we are glad that you're here. Because you know what? There's a number of ways people end up on this little podcast. And today's special guest took a bona fide ecclesiastical journey that ended up here with us today. But more importantly, <laughs> you did. All right, am I, am I painting an accurate picture so far? You are, absolutely. You All are right. <laughs> well, our guest's name is Brent Gambrell, and he is someone you might say knows a little something about ecclesiastical journeys, which if you're wondering what the heck I'm talking about, has to do with a guy named King Solomon who spared himself no pleasure in this world and wrote a book all about it called the Book of Ecclesiastes. So yeah. welcome, Brent Gambrell. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. So glad. We are so glad you're here. And, okay, I'm just reading right off your website, so I'm not, I'm not launching any accusations at you. These, this is right off your website. It says that you live a life of self-indulgence, uh, things yes. like drugs, alcohol, party scene. Uh, I think the, uh, the term stripper club was in there somewhere. So yes. I'm just well, saying actually, it. It, was a, it, was a, it was a stripper telegram service across the state of Florida. Ah. So lots of employees, not just one place. So yeah, I, I, I had that life. I had one of those testimonies. Okay. That, even though the average Christian's testimony is of a, of, a, of a systematic, mine was the explosion. And, and I, don't, I still don't understand why they put us up as heroes when some people who were raised in the church since nine months before they were born accepted Christ. And that's a great testimony. <laughs> right, but you know what? You're the one that everybody says, oh, I wish I had that really cool really? testimony because scars? my life is so boring. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I know it's, it's screwed up, and yet we do. We, you know, yeah, I think it's just is. the way we think. It's like, oh, no, I, we have to have that, that benchmark yeah. in our minds. But, um, but I, yeah, I, like, absolutely. I like the way you think that, you know what, hey, we're all in that same place. It's just we, we, think, we see things so differently. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, so wealth and power, I'm going back to your website, said it could not buy you happiness. So right. tell us a little bit about that. You know, how, how, did, you, how did you get out of this? I mean, I'm assuming you're no longer in the stripper television industry. <laughs> no, it doesn't support my ministry or my <laughs> or anything right now, if you're asking. <laughs> the twain shall never no. meet. It was, it was honestly coming to the end of myself, you know. I still believe that self-esteem and self-loathing are both based in self and mm. self and sinner synonymous. Um, and they, it, it, it's all, you know, the Bible says this, your, your, your flesh exalts itself. Whether you've got high self-esteem and you use everybody around you to grow that self-esteem, or you have low self-esteem and you're self-loathing, and then everybody says adds to that, it's still self. Self is what's, right. that's why self-help books don't really help that much of the self because, you know, Self and self don't help each other. Mm -hmm. I'm to pour out myself. Uh, the way I learned is I'm to, I'm to empty myself 
in the cause of Christ. I'm to empty myself to others around me. And Paul said, I die daily. What do you think he was dying to? He's dying to self and living for others. Does that make sense? You know, it, it makes sense, but we just got to camp out here because there, there's so much to talk about with this. So yes. first of all, your comment about whether we're exalting ourselves or loathing ourselves, what's the common denominator? Yeah. Right. It is self. I mean, this is the selfie generation. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what's, and what's wrong with selfies? Come on, you picking on the selfies? I, number on. one, I don't think any man should ever use the term selfie. We should call them <laughs> solitaires or something. I just think selfie is a cheesy name. But in selfie in the man cave. If it involves exactly. a man cave, then it's okay. Exactly. But yeah. I'll I'll tell you, it, it, social media has really helped to to. I think it just brought out what we are. Social media. I mean, what we put our best Facebook forward, don't we? It's, it, it, how many times have you ever seen somebody actually put their real self on Facebook? We don't. Yeah. We don't put our real selves on social media. But You're we, right. Or but if we do, it's a little Because it's all TMI. about our self-esteem. Yeah, it's right. all about ourself. And, and, you know, but it's, it's, not, it's not new. Sigmund Freud was asked one time, the legend says, that he was asked at a conference, I'm in depression, what do I do? And they thought he was going to explain to, you know, go back into your childhood and blah, 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 blah. And he looked at him and said, you know what? Go out, find a bum, and buy him dinner. The me monster is attacking you. The me monster. It's the me monster. It's me, 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 mine, mine, mine. Waiting for you to bring up that word because, yeah, yeah, that is another term. So, But here, here's the thing. You're stepping over a lot of toes here, and you know that, right? Because yes, but I hope I'm a pleasant prophet. I hope I step <laughs> on your toes with sponges on my feet. Because we love to talk about ourselves, don't we? I mean, you know, it's, in fact, it's the first rule of party conversations or first dates, right? If you want someone to like you, what do you do? Get them mm-hmm. to talk about, to talk them about themselves. So what's but wrong it, with that? It becomes a, well, it, it, it's great. And, and, and like I say, some people have, have already read this book, and one person before they read it presupposed what I was trying to say about getting over yourself and pouring yourself out to other people. And he said, well, what about people who have real issues? And, and they need to go into their selves, and they have to have some self-reflection. And they need to have – I am an advocate of great counseling, of biblically sound counseling in people's lives. But I found that we only should dive into the shallows of ourself long enough to get to know ourselves, correct the bad thinking and the core beliefs that are lies in the pit, and then get over yourself. You know, if I, you want to, the Bible says if you want to gain your life, you'll lose it. Okay. All right. I got to pause there because I have to repeat what you just said um, and kind of say la on it for a second. I love that phrase, mm-hmm. to dive into the shallows of ourselves long enough yeah. to basically get over ourselves. So yeah. the shallows of ourselves, that is so mm-hmm. counterintuitive to what we're taught, isn't it? I mean, we're taught, oh, yes. deep waters and go deeper, dive deep. So, you know, what do you mean you, by the shallows of ourselves? You know what? I, I <laughs> well, to start with, you know, if, if, you think about, if you think about problems like this, if you've got your problems here and Jesus over here, if you've got your problems over here and you focus on your problems, they'll, they'll overcome you every time. If you focus on Christ and his purpose and his purpose for you in your life, your problems will fade. Does that mean they'll go away? No, most of the time he'll change your perspective on the problem. Mm. If we focus on self, if we focus on the problems, they'll always overcome us. 
if you write all your problems down on a piece of paper, hold that piece of paper up for about 10 minutes and your arm will get too tired to hold it and you'll have to drop it. If you hold it straight out, your arm won't hold. You weren't made to hold your problems <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you, because you can't fix you. And so what I started to see is these unfulfilled Christians, these frustrated Christians, and yes, we know why lost people are, are unfulfilled and, they're, and, they're, and they're, they're frustrated with life because they don't have Christ living in them. But I began to see all these unfulfilled, incredibly frustrated, just uh, Christians who were saying, is this it? Is this, their all, is this all there is to Christianity? Because we, we, we get so much education in a lot of our churches, but very little revelation. Because revelation comes when you see God working in and through you. And so that's when you're pouring yourself out, not when you're sitting and sucking in information. People, people why do we dry up in our walk with Christ is a huge question I get. I'm dry. I'm, I'm, I'm unfulfilled. Why? Well, there are two seas in the Middle East, the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. Sea of Galilee is the most fertile plain on the planet. Dead Sea is dead. Nothing grows there. But they're both fed by the same river, Jordan. But one's alive and one's dead. Why? Why is that? It's because the Sea of Galilee, it flows in one side and flows out the other, flows down to the Dead Sea, and has no outlet, so it stagnates. Mm. And it dies, and it's salty, and it, it, there's no outlet. We get... We get stuff poured into us at our churches and through Bible studies and through this and this and this so much, but where are we pouring it out? So we kind of get bloated. Right. Oh, you <laughs> know, so it, pouring out that where the fresh water comes from. Yeah, I, I tell everybody, live life as a funnel, not a puddle. I love that. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to tweet that. Absolutely, you just watch. funnel not a puddle. <laughs> a funnel not a puddle. Okay, so like yeah. um, C.S. Lewis, you probably know this uh, quote. So oh, yeah. Literary guy. He talks about this whole idea of unfulfilled, you know, our unfulfilled desires, and you know, you you mm-hmm. talked about the shallows. Okay, so here's what C.S. Lewis said: It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an yes. ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea. We are far too easily pleased. And mm. that, to me, is the essence yeah. of what you're talking about because yes. we think we'll find the answer in ourselves, but that's, that's the shallow water. You know, I, I, get, I get munchies about 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm that late-night guy. So I, so I, go, so I go in... And I, and I look through the cabinets just like you do. And I start taking little bites, you know, a potato chip and then a marshmallow, a spoonful of peanut butter. And, okay. Uh, yeah, we all do. And then, we, then you open the refrigerator and you stare into it and you close it and come back 10 minutes mm-hmm. later hoping things have changed. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'm there with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then you try lots of different stuff. That you Just whatever was in the fridge, a little pickle or whatever. 20 minutes later, you're bloated, but you're not satisfied. Mm, mm, right? Bloated but not satisfied. Yep. Yeah, we're bloated but we're not satisfied. And then all of a sudden, as I go back up to the stairs and I'm going to lay down, and now I'm just bloated and not satisfied, I think to myself, wow, I didn't check that one cabinet above the microwave. And there I find them, that, 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 that half-eaten bag of semi-sweet chocolate morsels because somebody cooked cookies mm-hmm. with a little twisty tie. And I put a few of them in my hand and I look at them lovingly and then I just pop them in my mouth and now I'm what? Satisfied. But I'm what? Bloated. <laughs> you know? 
A little bit of both. If I'd only seen them first. And that's what this book was about. It was like I, I myself saw my life. I had everything the world offered. But I got more and more unsatisfied. But I see Christians doing the same thing. It's because we have unfinished. Christ had unfinished business to do. When he said it is finished, he only said, he, he was only saying he finished what he was supposed to do. Didn't he say greater things that you and I would do that he did? Why, yes, So he when did. he moves into you and he moves into me at our salvation, when he inhabits us, he moves in with unfinished business. So guess where the unfulfillment comes from? Jesus was asked one time, Jesus, you need something to eat. The 12 goobers that walked around with him. Mm-hmm. About, I love your podcast title. <laughs> Because, you know, it's Misfit Toys. The Island of Misfit Toys is what I Yeah, think. I might call it the Island these, of Goobers, actually. That, that, yeah, yeah. Well, see, God chooses Goobers because yeah. when Goobers do something great, people go, wow, that must be God because that's an idiot. You yeah. know? <laughs> you, you got it. You just, you just nailed the philosophy. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly it. And so the, the 12 Goobers came to him and said, Jesus, you need something to eat. And he said, I have a food you know nothing about. And he said, they said, what? You mean somebody brought you something to eat? And he said, no. He said, my food is to do the will of the Father and finish the work. Now, I love words. So I looked up the word food. That word food there was metaphorical. It meant what fulfills me, sustains me, and satisfies me is to do the will of the Father and finish the work. So now that he lives in you and you're grafted in the vine of Christ, and because of that, what's true about the vine is now true about you, what do you think the only thing is going to, be, is going to fulfill you? Same thing that Bill Jesus, I would imagine. Doing the will of the Father and finishing the work. So this book explores what's the will of the Father and what's the finished work. Well, I'm finding the will of the Father is the redemption of man. Mm. And to redeem man means to make the most of him. Not just redeem him for salvation, but make the most of him. So we're to make the most of everybody around us. We're to be everybody's biggest fan. Mm. And for some reason, that fulfills me to do that. And and then the, the... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Talking oh, no, off. no, no. Actually, your, your words are much better than mine. Um, but speaking of your words, you actually, um, in the beginning of your book, you talked about how you grew up in Central Florida. And yeah. you talked about oranges. So talk to us <laughs> about oranges. Yes. Well, I grew up in Florida, and because of that, I mean, I, I learned a lot about the citrus industry, whether I wanted to or not. What I learned was my grandfather yelled at people for years because he, he knew that what they were planting were wimpy trees. And about 100 years ago, actually, the growers of oranges in Florida realized that they were planting wimpy trees, trees that would not survive a winter or the bugs that are in Florida. Uh, navel oranges, the one with the little, bu- the, the little belly button on them. Everybody mm-hmm. loves that. Oh, yeah. And tangelos and tangerines are beautiful, but they're weak plants that won't survive the cold, even the cold snaps that happen in Florida. So what they did was they learned from the vineyard industry in Italy that they could take a small plant and splice it onto another one. They found a, 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 a sour stock root, it's called a sour stock tree, that produces incredibly bitter fruit. But the root system is majorly strong. It's almost like an oak tree. As a taproot, it's huge, it's strong, it's hardy, but it produces bitter fruit. So as a sapling, they take that sour stock root and they splice in, they graft into that vine the vine of a the, the the branch of a of a, a, a tangelo tangerine navel whatever you you can actually grow two or three oranges on the same sour stock root and have one tree producing several fruits. They learned it from the vineyard industry. Well, Jesus said, "I'm the vine; you're the branches." He was in a vineyard when he said it. By the way, he was just being relevant to the moment. 
What a picture but, this creates for yeah, us. Yeah, but so what's Adam, true about the yeah. vine now becomes true about you. Right. We're meant for community, and, right? Something, yeah. you know, and I love even the fact that it's a sour, it's a sour stock root grafted into something yeah. sweet. Apart from me, Hello? you can do nothing. But, but yeah. in me, grafted in me, you're, you're in the, he's the vine, we're the branches. Right. If, we, if you remain in the vine, if you stay in the vine, you'll bear much fruit. So what does that mean? What's true, about the, what's true about that root system now becomes true about you. The strength of that root system now becomes my strength. But everything else that's true about the vine is now true about the branches. What's the only thing that ever fulfilled Christ? Do the will of the Father finish the work? What do you think the only thing that will ever fill you is if you're grafted in that vine of the vines? The vine is your life. Christ doesn't want to help you with your life. The Bible says that Christ who is your life. Mm-hmm. His life flows through you. That's the beautiful thing about Christianity. You know, I, I, we're the only religion where I don't have to act like my God and try to be like my God. Yes. Oh, I'm so, is, yeah. So glad. Yeah, Christianity is Him living His life through me. I'm yes, in Him we live and move and have our and being. Have our so, being yeah. Because we're grafted in the vine and His life flows through us. So I'm only going to be fulfilled by what fulfills Him. So I'm going to have to be the Redeemer's hand and feet, redeeming men around me, redeeming the men and women around me. And then the, the other thing, he said, do the will of the Father finish the work. The finished work is the glorification of God, bringing God glory, making him big, lifting him up and making him big on the planet by, by serving everyone around me. You know, I have this, people, people have asked me just recently, they, they said, okay, I see this plan. How do I start doing it? Well, tell me the things to do. They always want a list of things to do. That's who we are. And one woman said, show me my, I need my responsibility now. Well, you know what your responsibility is? I looked up the word responsibility. It comes from the word ability and the word respond. (laughs) You're supposed to cultivate your ability to respond to people and to God. Even when Jesus was asked, what is, what is the main commandment? What's the biggest commandment? He put two of them together. What did he say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Pour yourself out to God and pour yourself out to others. Another. Pour your life out to another. To another. I don't need another thing. I will get my fulfillment from serving one another. Same word, another, has two, has two definitions. The adjective is something different, distinct, something other than what I have already. We got that from Adam and Eve. They wanted everything in the, in the, in the garden. He said, you have everything but this one. They said, we want another. Right. What, what, what was the focus? <laughs> that was the original, that was the original lie, yeah, really. The original Satan was like, oh, was yeah. Another. Yes, that God's holding so something both, out in you. Yeah, it's both the, the problem and the answer. The problem is I want another. This mm-hmm. whole thing started when a guy sat down in my office and said, Brent, I'm about to have an affair. And I said, excuse me? <laughs> he said, yeah, I'm about to have an affair. And I said, um, what do you want, tips? Why are you in my office? <laughs> I'm not a good counselor. And he said, <laughs> he said, I said, brother, I said, you wanna, if, we, if I only had another job, if I only had another wife, if I only had another spouse, if I only had another piece mm-hmm. of cake, if I only had another hairstyle, another body type, another, I would be happy. We want another and another and another and another. You're not going to be happy until you're about another. Yeah, you're not going to be fulfilled life. until you're, you're emptying yourself. If you want to gain your life, you will lose, lose it. it. 
You know, and when I hear about your friend, you know, someone who, okay, so I listen to this, I'm like, well, of course, that's just ridiculous. I know that because I'm listening about somebody else's story. So we recognize it when it's somebody else. Oh, yeah. We don't recognize it when it's ourself. And yeah. and here's, here's another thing. I, I You know, I think on some level, we we kind of know this is true. Like, I one of my favorite lines from the movie Beaches, it's a girl movie, I know, but um, Chick Flick, it's Bette Miller, she's talking and she's like, well, she's going on and on, she's a bit narcissistic, well, enough about me. What do you think of me? You know? <laughs> so it's like yeah, we can know. Can I tell you, well, enough about me, but let's talk about my book. Can I tell you yeah. how hard it is to write a book on selflessness <laughs> and then do things like this, which are self-promotion? <laughs> but and, but it's, it is a balance, isn't it? Because, all right, so what's... What's so wrong about a little focus on me? Because, all right, I know I don't want to be narcissistic, but, hey, if I don't talk about myself, if I don't promote myself, who else is going to? And I think in many ways that's what our culture teaches us, and it used to be implicit, yeah. but now it's, it's very overt. So why? But we live in why an upside-down kingdom as Christians. Yeah. The last shall be first. If you want to be greatest in the kingdom, you'll be the servant of all. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Humbleness is not saying, I am nothing. Humbleness is saying, I possess nothing. I don't own it. It's his. Apart from him, apart from him I can do nothing. I looked up that word in the original language. Nothing means nothing. It means nothing, really. <laughs> so it actually means I, nothing. I, but with him, I can do everything. So my esteem is not self-esteem. It's esteem in Christ. I have esteem mm-hmm. in my God. He's, he's who I esteem. But because of that, I can be a great, great help on this planet. But again, it's allowing him to live his life through me. There's so much in this book. The book starts with the philosophy of ministry, of the philosophy of life that I've been talking about. And there's a lot of analogies that we'll teach. Yes, I believe in counseling. But I, you know what? I kept digging into my past, and you know what I found? Dirt. Mm-hmm. And then more dirt. It was all dirt. <laughs> It's, you know, I can, I can continue to look or I can begin to get over myself and pour myself out to everyone around me and watch the fulfillment come. The second part of the book, though, is the rubber meets the road. It really is. It is. How do I do this? It starts with Philippians 2-3. Consider others. Mm-hmm. Consider others better than yourself, the Bible says, or value others. I was, uh, I was just teaching this just yesterday at a church, and I, and I said, I don't know if it's in the book or not. You know, you, you write something and you forget if it's in there or not. Right. But I talked about considering others. If you walk into a room, did you know that we all subliminally rate everybody that's in that room? Oh, absolutely. We all do it. We, yep. And yeah. yeah. Yep. First 10 and seconds, you've already made about five decisions. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Who's the smartest? Who's not the smartest? Who's the prettiest? Who's not the prettiest? Who's the, who's the richest? Who's not? You walk through and you rank everybody. You know who's the most important, who's least important in that room. And we can say we don't have biases and prejudices, but we do. How do we get over that? Philippians 2, 3, consider others better than yourself. That's putting a dollar sign on everybody around there. Rank everybody in the room. You're going to do it. Just rank yourself at the bottom. Put a dollar sign on their head and make yourself pocket change. Changes oh the okay. meaning of the statement. Yeah, changes right, the meaning so of the statement. If you want to see the change, be the change. Yeah, you'd be pocket change. Call everybody else dollars. Okay, and this this is good good stuff. But I guarantee you, someone's listening now, and they're thinking to themselves. I can even hear them through the airwaves. Mm-hmm. It's not even out yet, but they're saying, "Okay, but what if I treat somebody better than me and they stomp all over me?" 
You have yet to suffer unto death. <laughs> you have yet to suffer unto death. Christ was being beaten on that cross, and I know you're not Jesus. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I've been, in, even in my own ministry, I was betrayed by some people. I was betrayed by some great friends. It, 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 was, it was really horrible. It was a horrible, horrible incident where people really hurt me, and, and not just hurt me, but or hurt the ministry, and there were finances involved, and it was just a horrible, horrible time. Well, my instinct was to lash back. My instinct was to, was to and, and, and not only that, I was afraid they were going to hurt the reputation of our ministry, the integrity of our ministry. And so my, my instinct was to defend myself and to, and to put it out there, and God said, I will be your defense. Mm. And, and let me just clear this up. I am not an expert on this topic. There's no such thing as an expert in, in any walk with Christ. Don't let anybody tell you that. We're all on a journey. An expert, number one, is boring, and an expert also means you've arrived. Mm. And I assure you, write a book on selflessness and watch your staff and family remind you of the book constantly. <laughs> <laughs> on the job training. But this is yes, so valuable. There's, like, there's a book you need to read. <laughs> <laughs> remember? Remember what you said? So, remember, but, yeah, yeah. but, you know, that's one of the gifts of this, though, is that we, we do by, you know, God will humble us, whether it's writing a book or even, even in the conversations. You know, we all have conversations with our friends or family where we find ourselves saying, wow, I didn't know I had that much wisdom in me. And, and it really wasn't me. It was the Lord speaking to me, reminding exactly. me even as I'm speaking, you know, and that's usually how yeah. it works. You know? Yeah. But this, this, this topic, I believe, of, of pouring your life out to others, it's so, it's so an anti-walk against what the world's doing, not conforming to the patterns of this world. Right. It, because the world... It, it really so, is yeah. that it seems foreign. It seems foreign to say, yeah, but how much do I get? I, yeah, what, about, what about me? What about myself? What, what about my protection? You have a God that will protect you. Right, and that's what it boils you down to. You pour yourself out. That is exactly what it boils down to because I think there, there's that fear. Put myself out there. I'm going to get burned. Someone's going to take yeah. advantage of me, and I, I've been there and I've done that. I'm not going to do it again. So um, Now, when it, comes know, you, to, yeah. when it comes to being the, like hurt, like, like physically hurt, people are saying, well, I need to serve my husband though he's beating me. No, you're to be a welcome mat, not a doormat. Mm-hmm. Well to redeem that. someone yeah. around you is to do the most redeeming thing for them and sometimes the most redeeming thing for them is to you to say no that this is unacceptable behavior and I will not accept this from you it's not that I'm worthy of it I'm not worthy of anything you're right but I'm telling you it's not good for you to be this kind of person and I'm not going to accept this behavior from you and so that's okay that's not being uh, I'm not saying be a, let everyone walk over you and be abused by everyone. I'm saying pour your life out to those around you. The middle of the book is literally the another's in the Bible. It, there's over 60 of them, but I covered a few of them. Love one another and forgive one another and submit to one another and, and, and bear with one another and bear one another's burdens. And I walk through kind of rubber meets the road. Here's how to do it. And here's, here's some tips on it. And here's some, here's some analogies that will help you think through this on a daily basis. Because, you know, it's great to talk about the philosophy of pouring your life out, but what happens when your mother is, in, is, is elderly and, her, and, and, and she's, she needs a lot of help and you're having to pour your whole existence into her and she begins to get a little too needy? How do you forgive her and serve her and submit to her and love her 
but yet do the most redeeming thing for her. Right, and it, to me, it circles back to what you talked about. You know, you, you brought up Philippians too, right? And that's the chapter where it talks about what Jesus did, right? Even though he was God, yeah. he didn't consider that position, um, but he made himself a servant to all, even unto death. And how could yes. he do that except that he knew who he was? He didn't do yes. it, to make, like you said, to make himself a doormat. He did it because he knew who he was. He knew who he belonged to, and that's the only way that you can consider others in that Now, this position. is not in the you book, but it's are. a freebie. Are you ready? This is a freebie. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I lead people in communion as a minister, I always like to take them to where it says, it says that the night that Jesus was betrayed, it, you know, he took the, he took the boast, he, he wrapped that thing around his waist and he served his brothers, right? He wrapped that little sheet around his waist, became a servant, and he began to wash the feet before communion. He began to wash the feet as soon as communion was over, right? When I talk about communion, I immediately go to the foot washing part afterwards. Why? Because it says this. It says that Jesus, knowing that he had come from God, knowing that all power had been given to him today, and knowing that he was returning to God, so he got up took off his gloves, wrapped the towel around his waist, and began to wash the feet of his brother. Three things. He knew where he had come from. He knew where he was and the power he had been given today. And number three, he knew that he was returning to God. He knew his future. So yes, I'm to go back into my past. I'm to see where I came from. I'm to understand what's happened in my life. Yes, but I'm to know what power Christ has given me today and know that I have a future so, that word so was, because of all this, he had the power to get up and serve everyone around him. Now, that's not in the book. It may be book two. <laughs> I think you got a sequel there, but I think, I think everything that we've talked about, it makes me want to just dive in deeper. It'll, I, I'm sure whoever's listening now will want to, to pick up this so book. So So tell us, yes, tell us, tell us how people can get a copy of this book and find out more about your ministry. They can go to just about any uh, online Christian bookseller or online bookseller. Amazon carries it. All the booksellers are carrying it right now. Um, they can go to BrentGambrell.com. Uh, they can go to our Facebook page, Brent Gambrell. Um, our Twitter, Brent Gambrells with an S. Um, but uh, go, just you can go and order uh, from any of the booksellers. And if your local bookstore doesn't carry it, ask them to. That's what we're asking people to do. Um, this can be used for small group settings, like I said, and, 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 and as an individual book. We have a section at the end of each book, each chapter that, that, uh, that asks questions pretty in-depth. We call it so what and now what section. The so what, so what do I do with this now that I know it? How do I apply this? I always say the Word of God is kind of like sunscreen. If it stays in the bottle, it does nothing. You must apply it. And then you must reapply, you know? So we have a so what section that does that, that asks some questions that make you think about what you just read. And then the now what section is literally kind of an assignment until you read that now next chapter. Do do? Yeah, what do I do with it? So, right. so let, me, let me flesh this out this week. And we, I was very purposeful about that because I don't like just to get more information. We don't need more education. We need revelation. Yes, no? yes. Yep, uh, I like We've to put it, it, yeah, we need transformation, right? We need, yeah, yeah. The information Revelation is, great, is when yeah. you see God moving in and through you and around you. I don't need any more education. I'm bloated with education. I need revelation from God. 
Yes, yes, so, yes. So this is practical stuff. Yeah. So all right, and the book I understand is being released on September nineteenth. If I'm September nineteenth, September everywhere 19th. and anywhere. But you know, people okay. are pre-ordering it, and and it's already showing up at their houses. Awesome. Pre-order the book. So, and, and I have to say, as an aside, here's a freebie. So we're, we're actually recording this interview. Today's is September 11th, and I don't know. If yeah. I was the kind of girl that believes in coincidences, I would remark, yeah. oh, what a coincidence to be discussing this book on selflessness today on a day when so yeah. many people were, were, were just selflessly giving, them, giving their lives literally for the sake of yeah. others. Um, I, I don't believe that that is a coincidence. I think it's an no. amazing timing. You know, I'm actually writing an op-ed today for a couple of places about this very day. And the fact that people, some people have feel after this, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but we get sad two or three weeks from now after we did these wonderfully important things, helping people, being heroes. But three weeks from now, we start to go back to our regular lives and things get boring and we really get depressed and sad. Why? Well, it's the same reason that I believe that missions is such a huge fad, and I hate to say fad, but it's a huge thing in our churches today. Why, why when you go on a short-term mission trip, does it feel so great? It's because mm-hmm. for one week you're the person you were born to be. For, the, you, oh, for one week you're the person you always wanted to be. There's a whole topic for a whole other podcast. Yeah. I would love to talk more about this because I think that, is, that is a... I'm yeah. open anytime. Would love, would love, love, love it. You are so welcome to come back to the aisle anytime. We would love to have you. So um, let's plan on that. And uh, in the meantime, get the book. Pre-order the book. It's called Living for Another, More of Others, Less of You by Brent Gambrell. And Thank you so much. Oh, we're so, so pleased to have had you, and we wish you all of God's blessings on your ministry. Thanks so much. So, what'd you think? No, really, I want to know. You can reach me at isleofmisfits.com. That's I-S-L-E of misfits.com. And let me know what you think about today's podcast or just what you're thinking, because I do want to hear from you. Special thanks to Brent Kent Brown. And thanks to LogosPost.com for hosting this podcast. If you heard something that encouraged you, hey, I encourage you, share this with your friends. Share, share, share. And most of all, until next time, embrace your awkward and learn to love your fellow weirdo. Rearrange me here.